0: You're listening to the Traffic and Leads podcast, where the leading SEO, pay per click, social media, content marketing, and email marketing authorities come to share their secrets. Now, please welcome your host, online marketing expert, One Click Lindsay. Hey everybody, welcome to the Traffic and Leads podcast. I am your host, One Click Lindsay, and today I have Mr. Chris Daly on the line. He is the VP of Testing and Site Optimization at Disruptive Advertising there in Linden, Utah, but they do a ton of work for people all over the country. He was just telling me he helps Social Media Examiner improve their website conversion rates, so I'm having him on the Traffic and Leads podcast today because this guy knows everything about improving conversion rates. So we're going to ask him a ton of questions and get ready to learn. So, welcome to the show, Chris.
1: Thanks for having me, Lindsay. I'm excited to be here.
0: Sure, well, let's just start at the beginning. Um, What's your experience with uh, conversion rates and how did you get into it? And kind of give me a little brief history there.
1: Yeah, so uh, to be as brief as, as I can, I actually got started in digital marketing in the SEO space. Uh, so I was focused on driving traffic to websites through the search engines. Um, I, I dabbled a little bit in PPC and social media, but I was really in the business of driving traffic. And I was in-house at a company and was heading into a meeting with all the executives um, to tell, the, tell how amazing of a job I was doing, basically. Um, and so we kind of we sat down at the conference table and I put all the graphs up on the screen showing all this new traffic to the site. And they basically, you know, nodded their heads. And then when I was finished, they said, all right, uh, that's great. So what? And, you know, and basically what they were asking, and, you know, any smart marketer would have already known this, but uh, what they were asking is, okay, great. We've gotten traffic to our site. Did that drive any revenue for us? And I'm ashamed to say I didn't even know, you know, I had been so focused on driving traffic um, that I hadn't actually looked at what was happening on the website. And so when i started diving into the website and figuring out what was happening with all my traffic i quickly found out that most of it wasn't converting you know it was either bouncing or uh you know they were getting lost in the site and 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 not ending up converting and so um you know so i started out kind of as an experiment trying to figure out okay well does this traffic just suck or does our website suck and so I, i ran a couple of tests on the website changed some things up, tweaked a couple of things just to see if I could you know, get a little bit more traffic to convert and lo and behold, we, we saw some increases in conversion rates and I got really excited and, uh, and totally dove into conversion rate optimization. So that was about five years ago um, that I kind of fell in love with conversion rate optimization and this idea that you can influence your users on your website um, just based on the website experience uh, and then uh, about two years ago, in 2014, I started uh, my own conversion rate optimization agency, uh, which was called Daily Conversion. Um, and then just about six months ago, I, I actually merged my uh, business with Disruptive Advertising. So it's been a, it's been a long and wild ride, um, but that's kind of the, the short story of how I got into it.
0: That's a very interesting story. Let, let's back up a little bit. That original company you work for, is that an e-commerce company or what kind of company was that?
1: It was an e-commerce company, yeah.
0: Oh, so all the traffic should have been producing more sales, right? Exactly. Wow. Okay, so would you say you specialize mostly in e-commerce sites now, or do you guys... I mean, I guess Social Media Examiner is not e-commerce, so obviously you do information sites as well.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we work with a lot of different types of companies. We do have a lot of e-commerce companies. Um, It just makes a lot of sense to do uh, conversion rate optimization when you're trying to sell products. Um, We have... Uh, we have a good amount of clients that are, you know, that do lead generation and that kind of stuff. Um, the challenge with lead generation is you can increase the conversion rate on your site and decrease the quality of leads. And so um, so there, there's often a lot of challenges that, that companies that are in the lead gen space have with conversion rate optimization. Um, we have found some ways to make that work, but um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would say the majority of our companies that we work with are, are e-commerce. And uh, and then we do have a handful of, um, you know, content related websites like Social Media Examiner uh, and quite a few other um, sites that are, that are mostly related to consumption of content, whether it's posting articles or videos uh, or images, that kind of stuff.
0: Cool. Well, let's focus on e-commerce right now. Um, what are the top... I'm going to say three things that you when you when someone comes and says my website is not converting, please help me. What are the top three things that they're usually missing?
1: Yeah, no, that's a great question. And there's so I'll try to answer that question. I'll try to give you three things. You don't have to do
0: three. (laughs) Do the top things.
1: So the, the biggest things that I've um, typically noticed and what I usually do when I sit down with an e-commerce company is I'll just kind of walk through their website experience from the point that a customer would normally jump in. So if they're running paid search ads, then I'll look at wherever they're pointing their paid search ads. Usually that's either like a product category page uh, or a product detail page. You know, sometimes it's the home page, but that's pretty rare. Um, and so I'll jump in where the customer uh, will typically land on the website. And then I'll walk through the website experience, and most of the things that I notice. So usually companies their their websites work, so it's not a functionality problem. There's nothing broken, um, and so and that's usually what companies think when they're not converting is oh something must be broken or there must be something wrong. Usually what it is is there's just too many distractions on the website. So e-commerce companies, they love to promote offers and, you know, new deals. Uh, And so a lot of times they'll have a lot of fancy banners or advertisements, that kind of stuff. A lot of times that stuff will just create a lot of anxiety for the users. um, And especially if it is really obtrusive. So if it's taking over a large uh, portion of the real estate on your website, um, it may just be distracting your users from the core offering, which is your products. Uh, and so a lot of times when I sit down with companies and I start walking through the, the website experience, those are some of the first things that I take note of are what are things that are potentially distracting the audience from actually looking at your products and are there any things that might be causing anxiety or might, you know, otherwise be uh, detracting from, um, from, from your main product offerings.
0: Because then people will get overwhelmed and will just leave the site.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, when we sit down with those kind of companies some of the first tests that we'll run are either changing or removing some of those distracting elements. And, you know, just to give you an example. So one of our, uh, one of our clients um, that sells uh, band instruments, uh, they're the largest online retailer of of band equipment. And uh, (laughs) we were actually running a test on their homepage. They, they were sending a lot of traffic to their homepage um, partially because they have a ton of offers on the homepage. And so they wanted to Make sure that their audience was exposed to as many of those as possible. Um, so one of the first tests that we ran, I call it an existence test. Basically, what we were doing is testing whether or not everything that's on the page should really be there. And so we we simply removed one of the sections of offerings that they had, and it had about a thirty percent increase in revenue for them. So wow. what was what was happening was those users we all just—they were overloaded with offers. There were too many, and so it was difficult for them to focus on the ones that they were really interested in. Uh, and so when we removed that from the site, it it made it much more. Uh, it was a much easier experience for people to browse through the site and find what they were looking for.
0: Wow, that that's impressive. Um, let's talk a little bit. It seems like if I if I if I run an e-commerce store, there's a ton of options. For like templates, so whether that's like a wor- like a WooCommerce or a BigCommerce or like there's a whole bunch of different shopping cart options out there. If I just use one of those templates, those don't seem very busy. Do you find a lot of success just using a template, or do you feel like it has to be more than that?
1: Um, so there, you can have some basic success. So I mean, obviously, those types of tools exist because they they do, in fact. You know, they're they're very easy to use. Uh, It's very easy to get a shopping website up. You know, using like you were saying, WooCommerce or Shopify or any of those types of tools. Um, The challenge with it is because it's a template, it's really um, basic and and it's it's intended to be kind of a canvas, if you will, kind kind of a blank canvas, and it's not really customized to your audience. Um, You know, so for example, I was talking with. one of our clients that sells uh, hair accessories, particularly for black women. And these hair accessories needed a lot of, a lot of context in order for people to buy them. Um, you know, they were a different kind of product than ha- has, has been seen on the market. And so they needed to educate their audience but the template that they were using didn't really speak to, you know, the type of education they needed to do. You know, it was just kind of your standard there, there's a picture and some, you know, a block of content and an add to cart button. And so, you know, and so as we sat down with them, we, we realized, you know what, we probably need to, we need to customize this template a little bit because your audience doesn't necessarily fit the molds that this template was built for. And so, you know, I think that, I think that most E-commerce companies can find some measure of success using templates, um, but almost always, actually, in fact, I haven't found a company yet uh, that hasn't been able to see dramatic Im- improvements in their conversion rates by doing some testing and customizing.
0: Very cool. Do you have a favorite one of those
1: tools? Um, they're all kind of the same to me, so we don't <laughs> we don't usually build websites for companies. Um, the, you know, I, I, think that they're all about this. You, you can do about the same level of customization to all of them. Uh-huh. Now, you know, some of them claim to, you know, I know that Shopify, for example, they say that they have tested their templates, Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I, whether or not I believe that is, is a different story, but even if they've tested it, that doesn't mean that they've tested it for, you know, a specific audience, audience yeah. right. So, you know, just cause it, it works for someone else, uh, doesn't mean that it'll work for everyone. So you know, I, I don't necessarily have a a template that I would recommend or, or a tool that people would that I'd recommend uh, people start with.
0: Okay, perfect. Um, and you don't have a favorite. It doesn't sound like. <laughs>
1: no, not, You're not really. Tell me. me, are
0: you? No matter how yeah, many times gonna... I ask.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I am. I am very, very tool agnostic, and I try to be that way. Um, you know, because I work with clients that use just about every tool out there. So. Um, yeah, I'm not, I don't really lean towards one or another.
0: Fair enough. Okay. Let's talk about pricing. Um, do you see an increase in conversion rates based on the pricing of a product or is it all aesthetics and how you market it and the copy and the pictures and all these other things that you're changing?
1: Oh, price absolutely matters. And that's, that's one of the big categories of things that I test with my clients and, you know, and it's not always cheaper is better, you know, um, there, there's definitely a relation between conversion rates and price, but, you know, you really have to test out a variety of price points to figure out what your audience perceives the value of your product to be, you know, because if you sell socks and you try to sell socks for $150 a pair, you might get some people that want to buy it because they think it's probably the best damn sock they're ever going to buy. But there's probably a lot it of people is. that are gonna right, and and but there's probably a lot of people that are gonna be totally ha- have sticker shock, and they're gonna have a lot of aversion to that price. And so it's really, really smart to test a variety of different price points, and then see where the majority of your audience is, you know, see what they're responding to. Uh, it may be a higher price, maybe a lower pri- price, um, you know. And I've I found that it's different for every single client.
0: Fair enough. Hey, it's One Click Lindsay here. Are you confused at how to start generating more traffic and leads for your small business? Visit our website at trafficandleadspodcast.com and sign up for our 14 Days to More Traffic and Leads free email course. Each day for 14 days, you will receive an email that will lead you along the path of generating more traffic and leads for your small business. Sign up for free at trafficandleadspodcast.com or oneclicklindsay.com. Now back to the show let's talk about now email marketing strategies in e-commerce so do you what's the best way to get i'm I'm guessing that you you guys utilize that right absolutely and what's the best way to get people on your list for an e-commerce website is it as simple as uh put your email here and we'll send you coupons for the store or tell me tell me about that
1: yeah there's a lot of ways that uh, that i've seen work for companies again it I, I hate giving non-answers, but it depends based on what kind of uh, product you have. So what I've what I've typically found is high the higher the price point, the more likely people are to subscribe and price watch. And so, you know, if you have kind of a more of a premium product, I'd say anything over $100 is probably a you know quote unquote premium product. And so, if you have anything that's in that premium category. Um, those types of offers work really well. You know, uh, you know, sign up for our pricing alerts or sign up for, uh, you know, our weekly deals or that kind of stuff. Those can work really well. And you can do that in a, in a lot of different ways. You can have a pop-up that pops up while they're shopping on the site. I know those are really obtrusive, but they actually work really well. Um, you know, and yeah. I, I, I As much as people hate them, um, they do... Actually respond can, to them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, people respond to them. And so, um, so pop-ups can work really well. Um, you can also, I, I've seen a lot of companies that will on their product detail page. So when people are looking at the product, you'll have the add to cart button, and then you'll maybe have something else that says, uh, you know, watch this price or, you know, sign up for our, or, you know, uh, get notifications when this price drops or something like that. Um, so those can absolutely work really well. Um, if you have a lower value product, Typically with those, there's not quite as much decision making that goes into it. Um, not not saying that there's no decision making, but um, a lot of times less than a hundred dollar items are gonna be a little bit more of an impulse buy. Uh, and so with those, I've typically found the best way to build your list is either with a pop-up that says something like, um, you know, find out, you know, uh, get an update on our most popular products or trending products, those types of things. And then to just ask for their email address when they check out. Um, But, you know, the the higher price point items are ones that people are much more likely uh, to not buy on their first visit. And so um, when you're looking at somebody that that you're going to have to have multiple touch points with, you really want to get their email address because you want to have control over that. You know, the only other way to stay in contact with them is with remarketing efforts.
0: Right, right. So let's talk a, a little bit more about email strategy. So you grab these folks' email address, what is your typical, what do you recommend that your typical email marketing strategy to be after that?
1: Well, so the first is you wanna have an email marketing strategy. I'd say most of the companies that I've worked with don't have an email marketing strategy. And if they do, I, I say like a quote unquote strategy, if they do, then it's like the bare bone, like minimum thing they can get away with. So it's like, yeah, no, we had somebody design like five emails for us and we send one every month or something like that, but you know, there's not a whole lot of strategy behind it. So first you want to have a strategy, but second, the more customized you can have your email marketing strategy to what the user user's intent was, the more successful it will be. So for example, if you have, you know, again, if we're talking about an e-commerce website, if somebody was looking at, you know, we'll go back to the band example. If they were looking at trumpets on your website, you want to make sure that the offers you're sending them are relevant to somebody who's looking at trumpets. So you don't want to send them violin email offers. You know, you don't want to send them uh, guitar pick offers. Um, you want to make sure that it's, that it's relevant because otherwise they're going to unsubscribe or they're going to get frustrated that your offer, you know, isn't what they're looking for. And if it is relevant, you have a much higher chance of it speaking to them when they see it in their inbox. Um, So you want to make sure that, you know, that the headline or the title of the email um, is, is relevant to what they were looking for. Um, And I think that, you know, I hate using Amazon as an example, but they just do a fantastic job of this. Um, You know, if you notice anytime you go and browse something on Amazon, you're almost guaranteed to get an email within a week that is exactly either the product you were looking at or other products that people are interested in that are similar. Um, and I've responded to so many of those emails because they know what I'm interested in and they're responding with relevance. And so you want, I I think those are the two biggest things. You want to make sure that you have an email strategy, that it's timely, that it's set up intentionally and that it's relevant to the content that they were looking at.
0: And what's the best way to do that? So do you set up like autoresponder sequences based on a category of product that someone bought, or do you set up autoresponders for every single product? And then do you also do like a bulk broadcast or do you have an opinion on, on that?
1: Well, yeah, there's a lot of different ways to do that. Um, and you know, again, it'll kind of depend on what your products are and what your audience, um, you know, is looking for. I found that it's best to kind of have, it it can get really complex and really overwhelming if you do one for every single product. Um, so I found that categories of products are typically the best. And, you know, you'll just set up your, you'll set up different lists for those categories. And so when somebody signs up, you know, if you have a pop-up that shows up on their site, it's it's pretty easy actually to, you know, if you use a tool like uh, opt-in Monster for example, you can just specify what category you want this offer to show up for. So you can say, have this show up for our, uh, whatever, our brass products, you know, or our, our, uh, our violin products. And then have that, w- when they um, engage with that offer, you have that send, that email address into your violin list or to your trumpet list or whatever, your, you know, your your brass list. And then, and then you have, yeah, you have a specific sequence of emails that is set up that's relevant for violins or for, you know, brass products or whatever.
0: Right. And then do you also, like maybe if it's Christmas, do you send out a bulk broadcast? Is that... Do you do that too? Oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah. If there if there is something that applies to your entire website, then yeah, you definitely want to send out a bulk broadcast that says whatever. 10% off this week or, you know, whatever it is.
0: Awesome. So, that that's really excellent information. I'm wondering can you shed any insight or light on like the purchase rates on mobile devices versus a desktop or any do you have any thoughts on that topic?
1: Oh yeah, I've got lots of thoughts. On that topic. <laughs> I figured you um, might. <laughs> yeah, so mobile I will I will say this. Mobile is probably the biggest opportunity that has ever existed for an e-commerce website. So, most websites are not doing mobile very well and because of that, anyone that takes some time to work on their mobile experience and to really think about to really think about how their mobile experience should be different uh, has a huge advantage over everybody else. Um, you know, so a lot of people will say that mobile conversion rates are lower on average than desktop conversion rates. And that is true, uh, and I've found that to be true for every single one of my clients. And that's usually just because they haven't put any thought into their mobile site at all. You know, it's just a shrunk down version of their desktop site um, and, you know, and and that's all they really do. Um, And so when I start working with clients and we start talking about, okay, if we're going to test for your mobile audience and most e-commerce websites get a lot of mobile traffic um, because they're sharing their 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 products through social media and you know social media the majority of social media traffic are on their mobile devices and so it just makes sense right you have a product you share it on social media someone sees it on social social media while they're on their phone in the app and then they come to your website and so what what i usually do when i sit down with a new client that gets a lot of mobile traffic is very similar to what we do on the desktop site i go through the experience on a mobile device and think about what is it that I might want to do differently on a mobile device? Like, you know, if I've got a a service, if I'm a local business, I definitely better have a click to call button on my site. I mean, people are going to want to call me. Um, You know, I probably need to have a button that gives them directions to my, you know, to my location. If I'm an e-commerce website, you need to think about like how big should the product images be? Because if they're too big, then it's a huge pain to scroll through all of your products. If they're too small, it's really frustrating on a mobile device because you can't see anything. Um, and so you want to you want to sit down. You want to think about um, the nuances of your mobile users and you know and how you might want to customize your site for that mobile experience.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. That's some really good information. In the last three minutes, I know most of our conversation is focused on on on-site optimization conversion. I do want to ask you a little bit about traffic. What is your favorite kind of traffic for an e-commerce store? Is it social media? Is it organic? Is it PPC? Do you have a favorite? Uh,
1: I do have a favorite. And it is, (laughs) so I would have to say most of the time it is PPC. Wow. Wow. and the reason behind that, so, yeah, exactly. I, I do love social media traffic. Um, what about
0: organic search engine traffic.
1: <laughs> well, see, here here's the thing that I love about PPC. I'll tell you why I like it. Okay. Is that you can be very, very focused and targeted in your PPC approach, and you can you get to decide where they go. So, you know, with organic traffic, they're going to land wherever they're going to land, right? And you don't really have a whole lot of control over that. And, you know, maybe an SEO would come and debate me on that, but... You know, mostly they're they're going to discover any page. You know, they could discover any page on your website in the search results, and it's really difficult to to customize the experience for them. On PPC, you can send somebody that you know is looking for a specific product to a very specific personalized page on your site uh, that really speaks to them. Um, and and so that's that's one of the reasons that I that I love the combination of PPC and uh, you know an on site. Um, optimization is that you can really have a great personalized user experience that you know that that is relevant to that user all the way through the funnel.
0: Fair enough. So when you're sending traffic, so like let's say you're doing a PPC campaign and you're sending people to a violin page for a specific violin they've typed in, and you have a PPC ad, and it goes to that violin page. You are tell me the kind of things that you're doing to optimize that very specific product page for that violin so those PPC people will convert.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, part of the part of it is, uh, you know, PPC people do a lot of testing on the ads and, you know, people like me, website testers, that we do a lot of testing on the site. And so the thing, the first thing that I do is I pair the two together. So we try to test things in connection with each other. Now, that doesn't always mean that your website needs to say the exact same thing as your PPC ad, um, but it's really interesting to test concepts together. So, for example, you know if the if the PPC ad really focuses on a discounted price, then on the website, featuring that discounted price in a very large, noticeable way can really help have kind of a, some continuity in the experience. You know, if your PPC ad really focuses on the quality of the product, then it can be really helpful to have you know either pictures or content that focus on the quality. And so, you know, I like to try to figure out, what works best in in you know in concert with each other and test the two together and it's a, I mean that's again that's another reason that I love PPC traffic is that you can be very intentional with. Uh, both the ad and, uh, you know, and the website experience.
0: That makes sense. Okay, cool. Well, I've taken so much of your time today. <laughs> I'm going to turn the last few minutes over to you. Again, tell us how to find you and anything else that we need to know before I let you go.
1: Absolutely. No, and I, I really appreciate you bringing me on the show today. Um, so I am on uh, on Twitter. If people want to look me up, it's just Chris Daly. Uh, my last name is spelled D-A-Y-L-E-Y. Uh, look me up on LinkedIn as well. We And we've actually put together... Um, a, a starter guide if people are interested in kind of getting started in A-B testing. Um, so if people want to go to our website, it's disruptiveadvertising.com guide, and they can just download our, our free A-B testing starter guide there.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you again for being on the show.
1: Hey, I appreciate it anytime.
0: There you have it, folks. Another awesome episode of the Traffic and Leads podcast. I am your host, Lindsey, with TrafficAndLeads.com, where the solution to your slow growth is just one click away. You've been listening to the Traffic and Leads podcast, featuring online marketing expert One Click OneClickLindsay tune in each week to experience Lindsay's unique gift for helping entrepreneurs and small business owners accelerate the growth of their business by strategically getting them more traffic and powerful leads. To make sure you don't miss a single business building show, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes and OneClickLindsay.com. If you know someone who would benefit from more Traffic and Leads, please tell them about the Traffic and Leads podcast. And finally, to learn more about working with Lindsay and her dedicated team of marketing experts, please visit OneClickLindsay.com. Now go and implement what you've learned, and we'll see you next week for another episode of the Traffic and Leads podcast. And remember, the solution to your slow growth is just one click away.